Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59, 27-point furnace tune-up and safety check, including a free 1-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to servicepatriots.com. She's a lady. Online ahead of the, well, maybe last Civil War? Dang. I, I, That's I, sad, man. Jorgie, thanks for taking some time for us today, man. We appreciate you. How you guys doing? Doing well. Doing well. How's How are you doing? Doing awesome. Can't wait for Friday to get here. Can't wait for food to get here tomorrow. You know? <laughs> yeah. You I know mean, me. That's a big I, thing. I like to hit the food line a little early, uh, as you yeah. well know. But, but. Okay, okay. So I need to, just real quick, I don't, I don't want to waste too much of you guys' time not talking football, but you weren't, you weren't able to join us last week down yeah. in Tempe, and we missed you. Great weather and everything else that went with it, but. Our engineer that filled in for Joey that went down on the field, A.J. Untermeyer, yeah. went directly to the Fox broadcast team food line, just like you did. <laughs> See? Just like you. <laughs> See? When you... First road game, and he goes right to the Fox. He comes in, he said, man, have you guys tasted this spaghetti and meatballs? And there's these great big meatballs and spaghetti and French bread. And we go out there, and it was like roadkill meat of something, some sort of sandwich when we get ready to go. That's not the Fox line. So, yeah, it must be the first time road trip is where everybody goes is to the Fox broadcast team line. And then we go there, and we get kicked out. You go there, you get the food. You You spot the good food. They've seen you guys around before. They know. They've seen you guys around before. They know when you're coming. Uh, You know, we've been talking about this. This is a big storyline. you are attached to this rivalry because not only did you play in it, but you're a guy who's from the state of Oregon. And, you know, this could be the last game for the foreseeable future between Oregon and Oregon State. You know, what does this rivalry mean to you, being a guy from the state of Oregon who played in it and and seeing that this could be the last of 127 of these games that we've had? You know, uh, the thing that the the things that bug me about it, which it'll get started up again. I mean, I just don't. I yeah. can't imagine that it's not. And frankly, what the guys did this week with getting the Apple Cup for the next four or five years scheduled out, it just tunes up the pressure. So it'll get done. But it's the lifeblood of, of football in this state. You know, back when I played in the '80s and even in the '90s, when there were a ton more Oregonians on both teams. It was a true in-state rival in the, the the biggest senses, not just the two state schools going against each other, Oregon, Oregon State, but 50% of the teams, it seemed like, were made up of, of Oregon natives that played you know, football in the state of Oregon going at each other. And so, you know, at that time, it had a lot of meaning to it, and it still has a ton of meaning to it, particularly because of how these two teams have progressed with their programs, the successes they've had, uh, playing at times for a berth either in the Rose Bowl or in the Pac-12 championship game. You know, it was very close to being the winner of this game, goes to play Washington type of situation. You know, and a, a great game by the Beavers last week and a tough loss against uh, Washington. But, you know, the things that Jerry mentioned today on our show that we did with Joey McMurray is, you know, that Pac-12 logo is not going to be on the field anymore. Ugh. This is the last game for the Pac-12 logo to show up down there. So it's big in a lot of ways. Going to miss it as a league game, but uh, they'll get it back on the schedule when they need to. They better. So that's exactly where I wanted to go with this. What does it mean to you to be to be there on the call for for the last call of this of this conference? Well, 
I mean, I kind of want to get sad and and emotional about it a little bit. And and it's disappointing that it's not going to be a Pac-12 or a league game anymore. But, you know, my belief is and my optimism is these two teams are going to be playing, even if it's in the month of September, like Iowa and Iowa State and some of the other teams do. And so you'll still have, you know, the Civil War being played. It won't seem like the same if it's not, not around Thanksgiving. You know, it's just part of the Thanksgiving deal, like the Detroit Lions and everything else that goes with it. I mean, it just seems like that that's what it's supposed to be. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really that emotional about it because I know these teams are going to play each other again just in a different circumstance. You know, let's talk about this game and in this matchup and how, how these two square up against each other because, you know, for the past two decades, it has been – you can look at Oregon, you could say from a recruiting standpoint, the talent has always been there. But, look, the Beavs, Beavs have won a lot of these games in, in this rivalry where talent doesn't matter. You can throw those things out when uh, you have a rivalry game. One thing that I think is vastly different – from especially last year to this year's game is Oregon has afforded itself a a rare luxury in guys not having to play in the fourth quarters or heck most of the second halves for the starting units Oregon is a lot more healthy heading into this game can you really like I've been trying to wrap my head around this can you quantify what it really means to to the Ducks not to be playing late into games and grinding out um fourth quarters well, you just hit on a big piece of it right there. I mean, just from the standpoint of the health of the team, really, I mean, if you said to me, name some of the players that are injured and aren't going to play in this game, Noah Whittington's the only guy I can think of. Yeah. I mean, he's the only guy I can think of. I and mean, there's probably some others, but because of the depth and the health of this team, when they're not having to play a ton of guys in the middle of the fourth quarter or late in the fourth quarter, it's it's really helped them out a ton, and it's going to help them going forward. And, you know, obviously what's going to help the game this year, too, unlike last year, is you're going into the game with a, a full-go Bo Nix. And he played pretty well in Corvallis last, last year when the Beavers came back and won that game. But now you've got healthy people at every single position on offense and defense. The defense is better. They're deeper. They're going to go against a really talented Oregon State team that just plays hard-nosed football. They got NFL type of guys along the offensive line uh, at the defensive ends in the secondary with you know Oladapo in particular and Achille Arnold. Um, I mean, it's just it's a legitimate game between two what feels like to me top ten teams because of the talent and the way they play. And you know, unfortunately, the the margin between three losses, two losses, and one loss, or no losses is slim. And Oregon State has felt that, and Oregon has felt that. So it's it's tough in those losses when you, you lose those close ones, but at the same time, it just shows you the level that Oregon State is at. And obviously, we've been able to see it with our own, own eyes for Oregon. Jorgie, one of the things Dusty and I have been talking about today in the lead-up to the game is this is going to be the most balanced attack that Oregon has probably faced all season. They're, they're, it's not the most prolific uh, quarterback play. It's without a doubt, the best running back or running game they've seen. When you look at this game, what what are the things that the, the – the, the, I don't want to say causes for concern, but the challenges and opportunities that this is going to present for Oregon this week? Well, uh, you know, the, 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 the X factor to me, and yet it's not a guy that necessarily gets his name called all the time. I think Velling is a really good tight end. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and you, you know, you've got some pretty good wide receivers, no doubt about that, with Bolden and Gould. And you've got two great running backs with Martinez and Fenwick. And really that's what said, sets things up for Uwe Ungalale and even Aiden Childs when he plays, is that run game has to be successful for those guys to be able to do things with you. But 
I just feel like Jack Belling is the X factor in this game. If he has three or four big catches, a couple of touchdowns, and that type of deal on offense, it's going to be really tough to stop this Oregon State offense because when they get in groove and get in rhythm, they just bleed you to death. You know, four yards, three yards, four yards, move the chains. Four yards, one yard, six yards, move the chains. You know, dump it out in for a little wide receiver screen for eight yards, get stuffed at the line of scrimmage, third and two, snap it to Uli Ungalale, who gets in behind Fenwick or whoever, and in behind Josh Gray and goes for three yards and a first down. And if you get into a situation of a tight game where they possess the ball like they do and you're not getting your offensive possessions and you're not putting points on the board and that type of deal, you can get a little queasy. And that's the type of thing that can happen in this game just with the style of football that Oregon State plays, and they do it great. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You've seen a lot of great quarterbacks in your time with calling games for Oregon, whether it's Akili Smith, Joey Harrington, uh, Marcus Mariota, Dennis Dixon. I mean, you go down the line, Justin Herbert, you've seen all of them. You've seen the great, a lot of the greatest quarterbacks in Oregon history. But what Bo Nix is doing right now is Ridiculous. absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The development of him, what has been the next gear that he has been able to hit, in your opinion? Like, what have you seen that is different from last year to this year? Because he's rewriting the record books. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he's not running for as many yards this year and doesn't need to. Uh, and that's a good thing, frankly, because that's, I think, what has kept him so healthy is he's not had to run for four or 500 yards and, you know, 15 touchdowns because of how productive everything else has been. But, you know, to me, Dusty, it's the, it's the mastery of this offense. Mm-hmm. It, it is just his brain and the way it functions and the way that he sees the field and the repetition that he goes through and, and the habits that he goes through and the study of the film and what to check to in certain plays and who's going to be number one, number two, number three, and the rhythm that he gets into. But to, to me, it's just the mastery of this offense. He knows where people are going to be. He studies the film and knows the way the defense is going to line up. Yeah, they'll catch you off guard every once in a while, disguise something and maybe fool you, but not very often. He gets Oregon out of bad plays into good plays. And then uh, you've heard that Dan Lanning talk about it. There's just so many plays that they come to the line of scrimmage, and it's not a good play, and he immediately checks out of it, and they're like, okay, go with it type of deal because he knows what he's doing so to me it's the mastery of this offense that just makes him makes him so quick in his decision making it's uh, it's a repetition thing you remember that playing football you know, if you're not thinking about the play and can just react everything happens so much quicker and his reaction time to a good decision is almost right every single time and so you know the biggest thing I guess to tell you about this game is you know, I look at this game and what Chatfield and McCartan and some of those guys can do along the defensive line for Oregon State to not allow Bo Nix to get into rhythm because he's been protected so well. He gets into a rhythm, and that rhythm just allows him to survey the field, to go to his safety valves. If all of a sudden you cut a second or a second and a half off with an Oregon State team that has a ton of sacks and a ton of pressures, all of a sudden your brain doesn't have a chance to just relax and make decisions. You've got to make quick decisions 
or tuck it and run. And that's what's going to be a little different, I think, for this Duck offense in this game against Oregon State. We're joined by Mike Jorgensen, radio analyst for the Oregon Ducks, ahead of the Oregon-Oregon State Civil War game Friday afternoon, which you can find here. Uh, kickoff at 5.30. Oof. A, a wonderful, wonderful Friday kickoff. Uh, the, the palaces down in the, uh, the wonderful desert of Las Vegas have this as a 14-point spread and a 62.5-point over-under line. I feel like those two things are kind of incongruent in the sense of if it's going to be a higher scoring affair for, for, the, for those wondering, yes, that's more than double the Iowa-Nebraska line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it also is a, a big spread for Oregon. And I, I think Oregon is, is the better team here, obviously, but I think stylistically it's going to make this a tighter game. And if you look at over the last four years as Jonathan Smith has gotten the Beavs kind of up to speed, that this game has been close. Stylistically, how do you think this game is going to come down? Is this going to be throw the records out, throw the, 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 uh, the numbers the Ducks have put up this year and, and just kind of know that this is brother against brother and it's going to get ugly? Or is this a game that, that, you know, that Oregon could put a real stamp on this as they, they head to a Pac-12 title game? I just don't see Oregon State letting Oregon do what they've done offensively to a majority of the teams this year. I just don't. I think Oregon's going to have to be really efficient with their possessions. They can't have a bunch of three and outs and then put it back in Oregon State's hands. And like I said, just they just drip bleed you to death with their offense and the way they do things. And then you begin to panic, maybe start to make throws and force things that you wouldn't normally do. But I just – 14 points to me is ridiculous. I can see both these teams, you know, getting to 30 points and getting into the 30s or 30, you know, 30 something to 20 something. So if that's what what the over under would be type of situation, I could see that. But a two touchdown favorite in this game with as good as Oregon State has played, their three losses by the amount of points and who they've lost to, particularly with Arizona and Washington. You know, the Washington State one was an unfortunate one, but mm-hmm. um, I just don't see that. And in Oregon State is too good to me on defense to allow Oregon to go up and down the field and score four, you know, six touchdowns in a first half type of situation. I mean, that's not going to happen. That hardly ever happens in any game, but it's just not going to be a wild game to me because of the way these two teams play and Oregon's defense too. They're good. Yeah. They're, they're good. These two defenses are really good. So yeah, the over under it's going to be close 14 points. No way. I just think it's going to be a slug fest get after each other, and everybody's going to appreciate a really good football game regardless of the result. All right, Jorgie. Well, thanks for joining us, and have a great call Friday. We appreciate you, and we'll, uh, we'll check back in with you after, after the game, probably next week, as we know what the, uh, what's going to line up for the Ducks going yeah. forward. Okay, guys. Thanks for having me on. Have a good yeah. afternoon. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to you too, Jorgie. Thanks, Jorgie.